the last time Greg taught on Daniel, we were in Daniel chapter 9. And that chapter is this prophetic book where we're receiving and hearing a prophecy about the future. And there's a prophecy in Daniel chapter 9 about the Messiah, about Jesus, about the anointed one. And it says of him that the anointed one will be killed having the appearance of accomplishing nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but if at my funeral, the pastor stood up and said, hey, we're here to remember David Mitchell, and it appears like he accomplished nothing. Um, That might be a little awkward, right? That isn't quite what I want on my gravestone. I don't know about you, right? The appearance of accomplishing nothing. And yet there's a reality going on in Scripture where we see that the appearance of things doesn't necessarily correlate with the substance of things. You see, Jesus' life, prophetically, it says that his life will have the appearance of accomplishing nothing. Why? Because those people who were judging the value of his life, they had a different set of expectations on his life than the life that he had actually come to live. And so if their expectations on his life were that he would achieve great wealth or great success here on earth, that if he would ascend to the throne to become the king, to defeat the Romans here on earth, like if those were the things that his life was being judged against, then his life truly was a disappointment, that his life was get, had the appearance of accomplishing nothing. And the reality is for us that if we are going to be men and women and if we are going to be a church who pursues the substance of things that matter rather than the appearance of things that don't, then we have to be aware of whose expectations we are living under. Because if you are living under the expectations of an unhealthy friend group or an unhealthy parent relationship or an unhealthy child relationship or an unhealthy societal relationship, if your relationship to social media is unhealthy, you will be living under a set of expectations about what your life should look like and you will find yourself pursuing the appearance of things that do not matter rather than the substance of things that do. And Greg called us the last time he taught on Daniel chapter 9. He called us to be a people who pursued maturity. And I want to encourage us that if we are going to be a people and a church who pursues maturity, then we will pursue substance over appearance. And we will be surrendered to the fact that it is possible to live a life of deep meaning and deep significance and deep impact. And yet the world around you may say, his life or her life had the appearance of accomplishing nothing. We see throughout history, right, there's this pursuit of legacy, this pursuit of meaning, this pursuit of being remembered, this pursuit of having a legacy or stories told about us, right? We see that with paintings painted of men and women of legacy, or we see that when buildings are named after people of legacy, or when books are written about people of legacy, right? Or statues all across Europe of men and women who've lived lives worth remembering in a sense, right? Or we might be like the Caesar who killed thousands of people and has a salad named after him, right? Like that's how... He's remembered, right? A little lettuce, some crudons, and some ranch. And one of his soldiers said, you know who this reminds me of? And so this, this memory, right? It's just a joke, of course. I don't think that's why it's named the Caesar salad. But I think the pizza shop Little Caesars is, in fact, his legacy. Um, but there's this reality, right? We often want to live lives of being remembered. And yet the reality is, is that Scriptures teach us that you can live a life of deep significance, and that you and I can live lives that the world will never remember and yet the kingdom will never forget.
that you and I in choosing maturity can say that we are gonna be men and women who pursue the substance of things that matter and let go of the appearance of things that don't. There's this book in scripture in the Bible, Ecclesiastes, and it's one of those books where I'm so grateful for it because what scripture does so well is it doesn't just present a list of verses or stories about the things that we think people should say. Right? It presents the stories of the things that people actually say. Men and women who were actually wrestling with the real, deep, challenging questions of life. Right, And so often we can find ourselves that when somebody says, I'm struggling with my faith, we can think that's like such a negative thing. But we find in scripture that struggle is the journey. Right, The people of Israel, Israel, the word means struggle. And so when we find ourselves wrestling with questions that matter, questions of substance, the response back, in a sense, is welcome to the journey. Welcome to the journey. And so in Ecclesiastes 9, church tradition ascribes Ecclesiastes to Solomon. We don't know for certain that he wrote it, but whomever wrote it, this is what they're wrestling with. He says this, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. All the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, right? First of all, we'll pause a little bit there because could you imagine me saying that to my wife on Valentine's Day, you know? I love you so much and I will love you all the days of this meaningless life, right? (laughs) But this is the reality. The writer is wrestling with whether there is any meaning. He says, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days, this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might for in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. I've seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them, right? This isn't quite the hallmark card that we were expecting, right? Message inside the card reads, your meaningless life and But this writer is wrestling with the realities of life, the the truths of life, that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. He's wrestling with the reality that wise people can end up broke and foolish people can end up with great wealth. He's wrestling with the reality that evil people can end up in positions of power and that beautiful people can end up in positions of constraint and positions of enslavement. He's wrestling with the realities of life and he goes on and tells us this story. He says, I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a man poor but wise and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better 
than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. He is wrestling with the question of his legacy, wrestling with questions of meaning. And there's this reality going on where here is a man, a poor man who pursues wisdom such that it is able to save the city in which he lives from this evil king. And the writer of Ecclesiastes is wrestling with the fact that even though this man lived a life of great significance, no one remembers this man. Because again, if, if that statement tells us more about them than it does about him. It tells us more about their life than it does about his life. That here is a man who pursued wisdom for the benefit of the city in which he lived. And yet the people who surrounded him, the people who lived day by day next to him were distracted by other things and attracted to other things. And so the writer is wrestling with this challenge of if even a man who could do this, if his life is forgotten, what does it say about me? And I want to invite us to engage the reality that we can be a people, we may be men and women who pursue things that matter and yet we may find ourselves living a life that in a sense is worth forgetting by the standards of the world. As I said before, that it is possible to live a life that the world will never remember and yet the kingdom will never forget. And that you and I can be like this man that in the cities in which we live, in Fort Collins, in Loveland, in the cities of this region, that we can be men and women who pursue wisdom and never attain wealth. That we can be men and women who pursue things that matter so that they benefit and bless the people around us. And yet we will be mature enough to understand that living lives of impact does not mean that you live lives of remembrance. Sometimes it means living life for the benefit of others. And meaning that my life may be forgotten because it did not have the appearance that the world was looking for and yet my life will live on because it had the substance of the things that live on. See, there's a reality for all of us, right, that we can pursue the things of appearance. That might be, um, it might be education or it might be titles or it might be a house or it might be cars or it might be any of the, and the reality is that those things in and of themselves, they're not good, they're not bad, they just are. But if we're pursuing them because we're going after them for the appearance of things, then we will find when we get to, a, when we get to the end of that journey that actually those appearance things do not have the substance that our lives demand. So for me, right, the, the uh, pursuit in my life or one thing that brought great appearance in my life was education. I did my undergrad degree in England at Oxford University, came over to the US, did a master's degree at Yale. And during my first and second years there, I started dating my now wife, Joellen. And she had moved with an organization called YWAM down to a town in southern Colorado called Trinidad, Colorado, right? Anyone heard of it? 10,000 people there, formerly the sex change capital of the world, now like the marijuana capital of the world, which is why I went there. And no, and not really, but that was, it's like this town that is like infamous, not famous, right? And my professors thought I was crazy. And because my life had been these expensive LinkedIn update profiles, right? Or LinkedIn profile updates, right? This badge and then this badge. And the assumption was is that I would continue to go on and find more masks of appearance of success, right? Now, those things in my life were great, uh, beautiful gifts, right? I'm incredibly thankful for them. But maybe you've had those times in your life too where you're on a track and then suddenly you find yourself in a town of 10,000 people. And 
There wasn't any jobs available in that town of Trinidad, and so I, my job at a college was over the border in New Mexico in an even smaller town of 6,000 people, uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes away, and the town was called Raton, right, which in Spanish means small rat. And so, and used to be called, literally, used to be called Willow Springs, they rebranded to Raton, okay, at some point. Not sure who the branding agency was, but they... I find myself in this job in small rat and I'm like, this was not the path I thought my life was on, right? This is not great for appearance. And my office had this like shaggy orange carpet that gave you static every time you walked in and touched the computer. And I remember like my first day there, I went to see a leader of the city and waiting in the lobby, this man was there from Canada and I'd been to Canada, so I was talking to him about that and this city leader came out and said, oh, I'm so glad you guys met. He's from your neck of the woods, which by neck of the woods, I think she meant not America. Um, And so I found myself in this small town. I I bought a car, the first car I bought, it was this uh, light purple Kia Spectra, right? 2002, okay? Um, And again, as I'm sat in that driving over the pass every day, I'm thinking, this was not necessarily what I envisioned for my life, okay? I remember once leaving that car um, parked outside of work, not putting it in gear, and it rolled across four 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 lanes of traffic in Raton, which in Raton just meant it rolled across an empty road. But it was still this, this reality of realizing like, that this is not the appearance that I thought my life was going for. And I don't know about you, but maybe there are things in your life where you are looking inward or looking in the mirror and saying, the life, the life that I thought I was living, the things that I thought I was heading for, do not have the appearance of what I thought mattered. And yet I want to encourage you that, that, that it may very well have the substance of the things that do. See, If I'm to ask you who the wisest person you know is, I doubt they're the wealthiest person you know. And that's not because wealth is a bad thing, it's just the reality is that we think that going after wealth is the thing that matters and that what scripture tells us is that you might never get wealth but you can all pursue wisdom. Or relationships that matter. And the reality is that we can pursue things that we think have the appearance of making us appear successful and yet the reality is that scriptures say again and again and again that what matters is the substance of things. Yes, the world may remember your wealth, but God will remember the wisdom that you pursued. Winston Churchill has this great quote where he talks about this pursuit of appearance and the opinions of others when he talks about the difference between our 20s and our 40s and our 60s. He says that in our 20s, we worry what everyone thinks about us. In our 40s, we stop worrying what everyone thinks about us. In our 60s, we realize that no one was thinking about us in the first place, right? There's a reality that we can go after the appearance of things and the reality is the people who love you and the God who adores you does not care what car you drive, does not care what house you live in, does not care the title of your job, but cares about your heart and cares about the substance of your life. 
that we see this truth woven throughout all of scripture. In 1 Samuel 16, Jesse, uh, or Samuel goes to the house of Jesse to identify the next king. And in front of him, he has one of the sons of Jesse who is tall and strong and muscular and handsome. And he says, surely this is the king. And God says, do not look at the outward appearance as man does because God looks at the heart. In Judges 11, verses one through 11, we meet this man called Jephthah, who is the son of a prostitute. And he has come come into this situation and he is surrounded. It says in Judges 11 that he is surrounded by a band of worthless men. And yet he engages his life in such a way that shortly later he is appointed to a position of rulership and leadership over the people of Israel. Or we see it in 2 Corinthians 10 where Paul admonishes the church. He says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And what God is telling us again and again and again is that if we wanna live lives of meaning and live lives of significance, we have to let go of the appearance of things that don't matter and take hold of the substance of the things that do. That Jim Elliot the martyr said that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And that if you and I are gonna be people like this poor wise man who by his wisdom saved the city, we have to be surrendered to the fact that the world may never remember us, but it is okay to live a life that the world will never remember if we are living lives that the kingdom will never forget. And so our invitation then in these scriptures, in these stories, is to look at the things that are ruling our lives, that are setting expectations over our lives, that have the appearance of success and say, God, I wanna choose the substance of things that have significance. And so maybe for you, that means going home this afternoon and maybe it means picking up the phone or writing a message or engaging with somebody who, you know that what really matters in that case is the engagement of your relationship with them. That is the substance of things that matter. And maybe you've been living your life and looking in the mirror and looking at your LinkedIn profile or looking at the number of followers you have on Instagram or looking at the number of likes you got on your latest Facebook post and grabbing onto those things about the appearance that they bring. And we wanna let those things go and say we will not be a people, we'll be, we will not be men and women guided by immaturity, which is the pursuit of things of appearance, but we will be men and women and a people of maturity that we will pursue the things of substance, the things that really matter. Let's stand together this morning.